had no idea what was going on with my body, right? I was this, you know, mid-20s fashion merchandiser living in a big city. And all my friends, you know, were out at that age, right? Absorbing, you know, the bottomless bars of San Francisco and social adventures. And I was, you know, found myself lost in the supplement aisle and and trying to figure out what the next, you know, supplement or allergy-free dinner that would make me feel better. So it was really hard at that time. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? My name is Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. In today's episode, we speak with Leah Kerpalani, who is a holistic health coach, um, but she is sort of a, a special holistic health coach. She started a website called Good Life, where she sells various clean beauty products. A big thing that she wanted to focus on with her holistic health coaching and just in general with her website is related around beauty products. So uh, obviously makeup for women, but then things for men as well, like deodorant, things like that, lotion, um, because... Obviously, a lot of us, when we're thinking about living well and holistically, we think about the food that we put in our body and things like that. And we talk about that quite a bit in this episode. We think a lot less about the things that we put on our skin. And this was a uh, a big learning point for Leah in her life where she really started paying attention to the products that we put on our skin and in our hair and under our arms and things like that and just how bad and weird they can be. So we'll talk a lot about that and the things that you guys can look out for in order to live a more just clean and healthful life. So without further ado, here is Holistic Health Coach. Leah, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Blake. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love it if you could start with a little bit of your backstory and what led you to starting Good Life and what led you to even having like the whole career that you have now versus this kind of whole other path that you were on in life before. Because I feel like the uh, the major catalyst for what made you change careers and the major catalyst for Good Life and everything is unfortunately probably a fairly relatable thing for a lot of people. And and they might not know what's going on with them either. So yeah. <laughs> you could tell a little bit yeah, of your story. That'd be great. It's so crazy and also unfortunate. Every time I tell my story, it's just more and more people, you know, are in agreement with with the history of dealing with a health issue, which isn't a good sign. But yeah, I would love to share a little bit about or a lot, you know, what brought me here. Um, so I like to say it's kind of how I went from selling millions of t-shirts to billions of Americans to becoming more clear than ever on my chief mission in life. So I, I started in retail. I was in merchandising. Um, it was kind of my dream job in my dream city. So uh, right after college, I went and worked for The Gap. Um, I worked in merchandising and learned so much in, gosh, my eight years at Gap. I learned how to run multi-million dollar businesses at age you know, 23. I was making strategic business driving decisions in assortment planning and pricing and product development and inventory management and design. So I was working with that entire team that brought product to market. And I specifically worked for the Old Navy brand, which was such a fun brand to work for because they're the largest of the Gap brands and it's value oriented, right? So it's incredibly fast paced and no day is the same, yeah. which was also incredibly stressful. But I, but I had a lot of great experience there. I worked in almost every apparel category across both men's and women's. Um, and I actually got to close my career at Gap, helping to manage the apparel and marketing marketing strategies for Old Navy's launch into the Chinese market, which was wildly fascinating. Um, we opened our first store in Shanghai in 2014, I think it was. So. Really, really great. And while that all kind of fit the dream I had envisioned for myself, unfortunately, that new chapter of my life also brought on a major crash in my health. So really without any warning signs or obvious reasons why, I had symptoms like losing my hair and battling cystic acne. I eventually lost my ability to digest all foods correctly. Um, and I would react allergically to almost everything that I ate. And then I think probably worst... And most detrimental of all, my mood suffered greatly. So my mental clarity was rough at work and it just, it caused a major struggle with my relationships 
and really my overall self-esteem. So now, what do you mean when you say having allergic reactions to food? Do you mean like you would uh, get a like itchy throat and puff up or you mean it, other other sorts of like fully systemic things? It was more fully systemic. So yeah, when people think of allergic reaction, you're like, oh, itchy, scratchy eyes or whatever it is. Yeah, I would swell up. I would become incredibly tired. My abdomen would bloat beyond, you know, just a full dinner kind of thing. And um, I would have immediate symptoms. My hair would change texture. My, you know, my acne would flare up within a matter of an hour or two. So there was this whole systemic thing occurring, which I had no idea what was going on with my body, right? I was this, you know, mid twenties fashion merchandiser living in a big city and all my friends, you know, were out at that age, right? Absorbing, you know, the bottomless bars of San Francisco and social adventures. And I was, you know, found myself lost in the supplement aisle and, and trying to figure out what the next, you know, supplement or allergy free dinner that would make me feel better. So it was really hard at that time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, you know, I, I just focused on my end goal, which was getting healthy and getting my life back and, and just stayed really determined. And my parents were on that team as well. I mean, we would scour the internet and this is mind you, when kind of gluten-free was just kind of becoming a trend. Like it was cool to be like, Oh, I'm gluten-free. Right. And so it wasn't like it is today, which it's exciting to watch how quickly things have moved forward in the last decade. But you know, there weren't a smattering of holistic doctors everywhere. And there, there wasn't as much, you know, exchange of information around looking at the body holistically. So it was, it was a, a big question mark finding doctors that kind of would look at my case and understand what I was going through. It always cracks me up. I was just talking, um, with, forget who the other day like a, a friend or something about this that so i i'm very much into uh like nutrition and holistic stuff and and whatever and there is a number of of podcasts that i listen to uh in that sort of vein um just because they they interest me and uh, it always cracks me up whenever i hear a guest come on that is a, a nutritionist or and, and, the, and the thing is, I know that they give these caveats because they have to be, I mean, mm. otherwise it's irresponsible. And then they, at the end they say, you know, um, definitely they'll go and talk to your doctor about this. Like ask, mm. ask what they think. And it's mm -hmm. like, dude, are you kidding me? Like I, like for instance, when I decide to wake up really early in the morning, I have this super bright light that I shine in my face um, that like mimics the sun or, or I have like a, a, mm -hmm. a whole body vi vibration plate that I stand on sometimes to get my lymph flowing in my body and, sure. and you know things like that. And it's like, you know, somebody would say like, Oh yeah, a whole body vibration plate. Like go talk to your doctor about that. And it's like, are you serious? Like my doctor's like 65 years old. Like if I went yeah. and by the way, they don't teach about whole body vibration plates and bright lights in your face in medical nope. school. So even if the doctor was 30 years old, if I said that they would just be like, you're an idiot. That's witchcraft throw it in the garbage and here's a prescription for some antibiotics. You yeah. know, like this idea of like, oh, go talk to your healthcare provider. Like they know what's going on. Unfortunately, they don't. Like they just yeah. don't, which is very difficult. Yeah. And I hate to generalize, but getting me on my soapbox, it's tough because even from a nutrition standpoint, it's just so wild that they don't teach nutrition as a traditional part of um, a medical, um, you know, uh, upbringing and, and research and study. And it's just, it kind of blows my mind. But, but the great thing is that that's slowly but surely changing, you know, and which, you know, is why I'm doing what I'm doing today to help create that change. But it is pretty flabbergasting. I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Those, how uh, you're talking about nutrition, it's like those doctors that are changing and that know those things, they're having to do that of their own volition and, and go out yes. of their way to do those things because any nutrition that is being taught to physicians in schools is so old, you know, like yep. they're just like, oh, you're probably having too much salt or like, yep. you know, yep. just like totally ridiculous <laughs> things where or like, oh, you need to eat a low fat diet. It's like, you know, that's yeah. probably a good yeah. way to like kill yourself or like at least make you have make you have a lot of brain fog and stuff because exactly. your your brain runs off of cholesterol and things. And it's like and yet every doc, like nine out of 10 doctors would tell you to try to have a super low cholesterol, low fat diet and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. all so right, man, like it's sad that that's what you're being taught. But we certainly cannot look to our doctors to give us good lifestyle advice unfortunately 
And that's what I really learned. It was kind of this aha moment where I'm like, wait, so you mean that I own my own health? Like I have to do the research? Like <laughs> yeah. you're not going to tell me what's wrong with me or how to get better? It was it was really this light bulb moment in my young adult life where I had to take ownership. If I wanted to get better, it was going to come from me. And so that's really kind of what made me so motivated to, to figure out you know, what I needed to shift and really where I saw that I needed to shift was it was within my diet and my lifestyle, but it was in a way that allowed me to still live this fast paced life that I, that I lived. I was in fashion merchandising in San Francisco in this big city. And I had to figure out how to live this, like, so to speak, busy girl life while still placing my health and my, and and my healing as a top priority. Um, but a, a big part of that, in addition to my diet and lifestyle was, um, changing out my product. So I read this book. I highly recommend it. It's called not just a pretty face by Stacey Malkin. It's one of the books that has completely changed my life. And it was an introduction to, the chemicals in our personal care products. And so as I'm, you know, saying like, I will do anything to get better. I, in one day dumped all of my makeup, skincare, shampoo, conditioner, toothpaste, you name it, and started slowly replacing it with all natural products. Um, so I think the, the combination of that, right, obviously it was diet, obviously it was lifestyle. It was learning how to mitigate my stress. It was changing my products to natural, and it was hard. I, it took me almost eight years to figure out, but I finally started to find relief from my symptoms. And I was really inspired to share what I learned. I'm like, oh my gosh, this shit works. You know, I have to yeah. tell everyone. So I began sharing these simple strategies that worked for me with friends and, and coworkers and family. And they would see improvements in, in their health ailments or whatever they were, you know, concerned or complaining about. So I had the opportunity to leave the gap, um, quit my job and, and, and leave the corporate world. So I think gap was what kind of trained me from a, from a foundational base to really feel like, Hey, I I could start my own business. Like I have this business training. I know how to run large, you know, sums of money. And, and it just gave me the confidence to, to, to do that. So I went back to school to become a certified holistic health coach. And I started good life as a one-on-one personalized health coaching business. That's so great. Um, First of all, just a quick side note in case anybody would be interested. What what is the cost of doing a uh, holistic health school like that? Yeah, if I remember correctly, well, first of all, I went to school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. They're based in New York City, but you can do the program anywhere. Um, I had people in my cohort from Australia and Israel and China and um so they always, I will say, they always have deals going on. They are excited to enroll people into this movement, right? Because it's so important for society. So I believe it was anywhere from like 2,400 to 3,000. I think 3,000 is probably like they're starting. This also was what, four years ago at this point when I enrolled. So that could easily have changed. I haven't looked in a bit, but it's, it's, a, it's a sum of money. However, it's a year-long program. They give you an iPad, which is rad, right? They give they give you an iPad to learn all the modules on um, a lot of different collateral and books they send to you, and they have you completely set up for success. the The program I would say is fifty percent business acumen, learning how to start your own business, which is really important for many, and then maybe maybe more, maybe uh, you know forty percent business, sixty percent um, you know dietary theories, holistic health, and teaching you how to you know help others learning about nutritional lifestyles. Cool. So without uh, taking up the full time for the full interview and days and days, (laughs) what are some kind of like major um, foundational things that you found to really, really help with your health? I would say this is the coolest part. Like you can sum up so much into one statement that I'm just so passionate about and it can change your entire life is to simply eat real food. And what that means underneath this simplistic statement is to eat foods in its whole state, to eat foods that you can buy the few ingredients associate or, you know, included in that food in the next aisle at the grocery store. Processed foods are really what has caused the the demise of, especially in, in American American health, and and um, I think that if we simply shift to before processed foods worth, I mean, there's two thousand new foods introduced onto our shelves every single year, which is just mind blowing because clearly we're not 
discovering, you know, 2000 new foods from our earth growing out of our ground, you know, every single year. So these man-made foods have been stripped of all their fiber, pulverized of their nutritional uh, resources. And, you know, we're eating junk today, unfortunately. So I love summing it up that way, because if we can, you know, if we're making a decision at a restaurant or in a grocery store on what the best choice would be for us, look for foods in its whole state. And most of the time we're going to be fine. Like we're going to be really well off if we just use that one filter. It clears out a lot of the clutter that our bodies don't necessarily know how to metabolize. For sure. For sure. And then I imagine then with with your thoughts on something like bread and gluten and things like that would be along the same vein that if, you know, see for yourself and maybe if, if you are going to eat bread, try to eat bread that is baked with like four ingredients as it should be and not exactly. bread with 25 ingredients in it. Exactly. Quality is so important. We should all be indulging. We should all be eating for our bio individual self. So for me to sit here as a health consultant and say, don't eat gluten, that's false because I might not do well with gluten, which actually I'm fine now, which is the cool part. As I healed my body, I'm totally fine eating gluten, but I might not be fine eating gluten, but you might be great at it. So there's no one, uh, diets are crap. There's no one size fits all for our bio individual makeup. You know, there's too many variances in the massive amount of cells that we have that make up who we are in our body. So, you know, I think use, using the filter of eating real food and then exactly like you said, using the filter of quality and looking at the number of ingredients, looking at how it was sourced, looking at, you know, was there preservatives thrown on there so it can sit on a shelf for two years. So those are all things that just like beauty products, we want to look at the labels and really understand what is the makeup and how does my body know how to process this. Right. Now, when you were trying to figure out what was going on with your own body um, in terms of food, in terms of makeup, in terms of all this stuff, did you do uh, like like fasts and stuff like that to try and it, it like an elimination diet basically, but, but, you know, start out with nothing. And then same thing with your makeup, just like not even wear any makeup for like a week and then yeah. slowly add on like one item at a time to see what the impacts were. Yeah. It's a really an elimination diet. Speaking to diet specifically, it's a really good way to understand triggers in your diet. Um, however, from my personal experience, I, unfortunately took that to the extreme. So what I did was, you know, I was in survival mode, right? I was again, let me know what I should do and I'll do it. I would do anything to start feeling better. So I would read these books and actually, you know, take the book word for word and eat within that strict, like in, intensely strict diet and, and lifestyle. And that wasn't right for my body. So I actually, by doing that, created more harm and probably extended my, my illness uh, longer than it needed to be because I wasn't trusting my own body. I wasn't listening to what my own body needed. And when it needed it, I was listening to some author that wrote this book about eating four ingredients for six months, you know, and right. it really harmed me. So I think a lot of the, you know, advice that I give to women or men that are, are dealing with a chronic health issue is really start to get intuitive. That is one of the things that, um, when I was continuing to see clients, which has shifted in, in the recent year, but when I was seeing a number of clients, um, you know, it was all around becoming closer than you ever have been to your intuitive self and really getting to know your body better than you ever have before, because I can't tell you what your body needs. Your body's different than mine. So it's a really deep set level of understanding around, what am I craving? Why am I craving it? How do I feel after I eat this food? These are things that we ask um, ourselves or I ask the client, my clients to answer to really get close to what's right for them. And that's how we really navigate through um, kind of finding the foods that really are in agreement with their bio-individual makeup. So I think to summarize that, it's like, yeah, it's a great way to understand triggers. And I, you know, at, on a two to four week basis, it's a great experiment if you're, you know, educated or doing it with a, with a health practitioner. Um, but from a long-term perspective, I think the big unlock is really just getting to know your body better than you ever have before. Yeah. The thing though, I guess for, in my eyes about, about starting out with a fast or, or, and then, you know, slowly adding ingredients in or something is if you tell, the average person, in, including me in the past, um, I imagine you would pro probably agree with this with you in the past and stuff to like, hey, just be intuitive of your body, just feel your body. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, I, no. I, I can't feel anything like I, you know, I, I just I'll, all I know is I feel like crap. I feel that I feel that I feel like crap. But yeah. when I eat a burger, I feel like crap. When I eat that apple, I feel like crap. 
in the morning when I wake up and I drink a bottle of water, I get bloated immediately. So it's like, is am I supposed to not be drinking water? Because when I drink that bottle of water, I get bloated. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. well, maybe like clear the whole thing out. Then you drink a bottle of water, see what happens. Then you eat some veggies, see what happens. And you keep on like scaling on top of it because the, hey, like be intuitive and feel your body. You can't feel your body when there's so much inflammation and, ju- and just like issues inside of it. And that's exactly what I had to navigate through. Again, it took me eight years to figure it out. And I don't wish that upon anyone. However, during that time, I actually learned what, like you said, most people don't necessarily have the tools. Like, how am I feeling right now? Checking in with myself. What does that mean? That's why in the uh, health coaching program that I, that I work with clients in, uh, we work together for six months. We meet twice a month for six months. And it takes time to really sharpen those tools um, I like to call them like our mindfulness muscles. We only use like 0.5 to 1% of our, of our brains, which is wild to, to understand, you know, for, with meditation and mindfulness, how we can tap into more of that. But it takes time to really get a sense of, okay, here's my baseline. First of all, how do we clear out all the clutter? And here's my baseline. And then really getting in tune with the body to understand uh, the shifts and variances that we might feel throughout our day. And there's so many factors too, right? It's overwhelming. It's like, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep or, Oh, I'm stressed at work or, oh my you know, God, my mom hits just me so off the much. other day. So yeah. it's holistic health. That's why you can't just talk about food. You can't just say like, I'm going to eat kale every single day and I'm going to be healthy. You know, it's, it's this full picture of all these different areas of our life to really, um, understand what balance means to you and understand how to really continue to stay in touch with with what your body needs. God, can you imagine how awesome it would be in the future if somebody makes some sort of little like daily blood test you could give yourself to just kind of see what's up? Like you're yeah. just saying there's so many variables. Like I, I just had someone on the show recently. Um, there was a recent episode uh, with a professional nose. Like she designs fragrances for people um, and she like looks through so much of life in the aspect of smell, like our sense of smell. And she was talking about like the influence that your smell, things that you're smelling in your environment can have on your emotional state and stuff that I like, I'd never really considered that before. So it's like, it's funny how you were talking earlier about like the worst part about your, the problems that you were having before and your diet before was the emotional piece of it, you know, like yeah. and anxiety, depression, like the things that come along with that. And it's like, or maybe you smelled something weird this morning, you know, like if you're like, oh, I'm sad today. Like, is it does that yeah. mean I had a bad breakfast or yeah. does it mean that I smelled something weird or does it mean that I just didn't get enough sleep or does it like, what does it mean? What does it all mean? It would be so nice if there was like some little blood test you could do. It was like it that at the very least could be like, you know, sensing your gut and be like, nah, dude, your gut's cool today. So like whatever you're feeling, it's something else. Like it's not your gut though, you know? Dude, I think that's happening. Like I think like the the system of health and wellness as we know it, like with technology, I think it's going to be very wild what we see occur in the next decade. Like very, very wild. So who knows? But we're talking about total like metaphysical, such complicated things, right? It's like literally it's it's very, very complicated. And that's why simplification of of your lifestyle and your wellness simply keeping in touch with yourself and your mindfulness, eating real food, putting things on our bodies that are good for us, that we want to be absorbing, like as simple as you can make it really makes the greatest difference in it all. Because we can, that's what I did. I got so overwhelmed with everything that I'm like, how do I do this? And that didn't help me. Totally. It made me more anxious, right? So <laughs> yeah, you're eliminate. I guess. Yeah. If you're, if you, at least if you know that you're eating clean, and if you do your best to sleep a good number of hours every night, then you're you just keep on eliminating variables, eliminating variables. So that way, when you are having a rough day, it's like, OK, like it's probably it's probably not those things. Like it's probably just, you know, I'm in a bad mood today. That happens sometimes. Right. And it's the world we live in. Right. So it's simply doing the best that you can. Like, yeah. that's it. You know, totally love it. Um all right, let's talk a little bit about the makeup piece and everything. Yeah. Uh, why makeup? Like, why was this such a, a huge thing for you? Yeah, so it's a big, big, big piece. So like I said, I launched Good Life as a health coaching company. And for two years, I coached over 35 women and a couple men across three different countries. It was an incredible experience because essentially it created kind of these two plus years of deep individual research and essentially like a focus group, right? Like getting to know um, this modern woman's wants and needs and desires and the way that she 
lives her lifestyle and how we can fit wellness in and make it work for her. So, you know, I would work with these women for six month programs and introduce quick and simple lifestyle tips and tricks to help her feel better while she could still balance her busy lifestyle. And that was kind of the goal. But after a year of being in business, um, I realized that I was so often providing recommendations for my favorite all natural products. It was like, uh, being asked, oh, what foundation do you use? Or, oh, you know, I've, I looked in my soap contains all these chemicals, you know, what's your favorite soap? And so, you know, it was this additional piece of the wellness puzzle that I wasn't formally offering my clients and my audience, but it was so high in demand. So with my strong background in retail and merchandising, um, and then also the expertise I had developed around clean ingredients and cleaning out my own personal care products, the obvious next step was to open our online clean beauty boutique. So I opened an online shop called Shop Good. And right now it has over 120 different beauty, skincare, wellness, and lifestyle products that have been vetted by myself and my team. And um, you know, our goal is to create a hub where women can shop for all of her key touch points throughout her day and not have to worry about researching the ingredients. We know that she doesn't have time to before she goes to the store, look up what ingredients are good and bad and go to the store and smell the different products. Like we have filtered the assortment to be the best of the best in natural ingredients and also fun to use, right? Like we don't want to, you know, pick up some, you know, ugly packaged soap and use that because we're used to using this like flashy, you know, cool soap that we bought at the store. So packaging and branding is really important to us as well. So um, the shop has been phenomenal. We've basically shifted our business from you know, 90% coaching, uh, 10% shop all the way to the, to the inverse. I would say like 80, 20 right now to where we're seeing this really incredible demand from a digital standpoint, uh, for natural beauty. And the, the reason that it's so important, uh, is because, you know, the beauty industry, I think by next year, it's supposed to be like $500 billion globally, which is just nuts. And it's growing every day, but as the demand for authenticity grows with technology and the sharing of information, we've begun to ask ourselves the same questions that we've asked about food. We're like, what is in this? You know, what am I putting on my body? And there's a really ugly side to the beauty industry. And there are more, I think, than like 80,000 some odd chemicals on the market today with little to no safety data, which uh. is nuts. And a lot of these are used to, you know, like keep concrete soft or like remove grease from auto parts, you know, and, and these are showing up in our products. And so we as women and, and you know men most likely less but we place 500 chemicals on our bodies during our beauty routines and we absorb 65% of what we put on our bodies so the exposure you can imagine while it might be you know minutia of exposure every single day if you're using the same lipstick 3 times a day for 6 years you know this exposure adds up and unfortunately the government does not regulate so the U.S. hasn't passed a regulation on ingredients since 1938, which is wild. And there's a lot of action being taken um, in government right now to, tr to try and, and move this forward. But there's places like Europe, you know, the European Union has banned thousands of chemicals and we've banned like 11. So there's a really strong disconnect from what the consumer is asking for and what are on our shelves and shop good and good life in general its goal is to bring these smaller brands to the surface and be able to vet and filter the ingredients for our good life customer That's, and i'm really excited to be doing that it's awesome it's just so awesome and, and the, those numbers are staggering like you're talking about over 60 percent of you know what you're putting on your skin is getting completely absorbed into your body um i guess it, you are probably much more in touch with your body than the average person. How much of a difference does this really make though, depending on the thing like lipstick, you know, that's only on your lips. Like that's one thing. Um, versus let's say if you was like all over body lotion that you were like, you know, putting all over right. your arms and your back and your chest and your stomach and whatever. And it like, to what extent do you notice these things? Like somebody who is yeah. in touch with their body, like you had already gotten a good diet in place and stuff like that. When you started to switch to um, good, clean beauty products, what what sort of other like benefits did you notice? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. For me, my case was very extreme. So when I was at my worst and I was making these switches, I would literally feel a difference from the morning I was putting you know, my department store eyeshadow on to the next morning when I was putting my, you know, Whole Foods eyeshadow on, I wouldn't feel the burning 
and lethargy that I felt in, in my eyes and in my face. So I was that toxic to where any additional chemicals I would notice at, at that get go, which is kind of crazy to think about, which is why I'm like, okay, I got to do this. But, um, you know, with uh, the healthy body that I have today and, and many of us that, you know, are moving through our day to day, not noticing these things. Sure. You're not going to notice a, you know, a difference in the way that you feel and you might, if you're, you know, you're intuitive, I don't know, but it's the bigger, it's the bigger scale of that. So, you know, the, the chemicals that are included in our products, many of them being methylparabens, butylparabens, you know, these are slowly being hopefully exited from a lot of our consumer product goods, but these are, these are all synthetic preservatives and they act like estrogens in our body. So they mimic estrogenic activity. And when there's too high of estrogenic activity in our bodies, um, it can lead for, uh, lead with free radicals and, um, the ability to grow cancer in our bodies. That's essentially, you know, how they've linked these estrogenic chemicals to things like breast cancer. You know, they found these chemicals in newborns cord blood passed from their mothers when they're born. So there's all of these, these you know, scientific research-based studies that that see the passing of these ingredients into our bodies. And like we said, on a day-to-day basis, you might not notice, you might not feel, you know, what you might feel putting natural ingredients on is really proud, um, like that you're honoring your body and you're practicing self-care. Um, those are things that you could feel immediately, but from a longer term standpoint, what I think that we're going to find, you know, post industrial revolution, when all these chemicals were coming into our products and there's no surprise, there's no, you know, coincidence that cancer rates and fertility rates are all on the rise. So it's, it's a mission and, and movement that we need to really be cognizant of and understanding of you know, what we're absorbing day in, day out. And it can be a really uplifting and, um, and a a place of pride, you know, using natural ingredients on your body and and how you're honoring your body in that way. Okay. So now let's talk about, cause I mean, that all makes a lot of sense and sounds good. So now let's talk about cost because this is another thing for people when it comes to eating healthy and eating clean. And is always like the number one argument that gets brought up is that, well, yeah, but that's not for people who are on a budget, you know, like they have to do what they have to do. And unfortunately for them right now, it's, it's just very difficult for them to eat clean the way that you're eating clean, which I disagree with that to a certain extent. But uh, sure. so, uh, but anyways, uh, talk about that in terms of, of beauty products and stuff. Can we do this somewhat inexpensively? Do you yeah. have some less expensive brands on your website that are just awesome? Um, or is is it like, double, triple the cost to be able to get this stuff. Right. I get this question all of the time. And I think it's a really important question. Um, generally we, yes, we are trained to think that organic or healthy products are always more expensive. And this is many times true, but there's a a trade-off occurring, right? For the higher ticket goods. So ingredients that are sourced sustainably, ethically, or naturally tend to take longer, um, you know, in the product lifespan, um, involve more labor and are obviously just less commoditized in the market. Uh, you know, so the benefit of spending the few more dollars on your products is obviously the lessening of the toxic load every single day on your body and your children's body. So one, it takes a really deep understanding of the why and why it's, it's deeply rooted in your values to spend those couple extra dollars. But that being said, you know, the exciting thing about the market and what's happening with natural beauty is that you're seeing it become more popularized, you know, based on this demand and you're seeing more natural, you know, products, I would say put more natural in quotes because a lot of times just because, you know, it says natural and you see it pop up in target doesn't always mean that, you know, it's, it's great to put on your body. But my point being is that we're seeing the demand. And so just like what happened with organic produce, right? Like Whole Foods was right there. Costco and Walmart jumped on board and they're able to, you know, commoditize or, you know, create a um, product life cycle to bring costs down. And, and I do think we'll see a little bit of that. However, I think quality and really paying attention to how it was sourced, who made it, you know, in what scale was it made is going to be really important. But, uh, to answer your question around kind of, um, you know, are there brands out there that are more cost effective and are just as clean and healthy? This is one of my biggest focuses for the shop, because I believe that it should be clean products should be accessible to everyone. 
And so I've done a lot of research around how much the woman, how much, you know, today's woman spends on average in her makeup bag. And I've looked at, you know, what the makeup is of that makeup bag. And then I've looked at our shop and really understood, okay, what is really the the, the price point variance that we're asking her to pay? And I've, I'm happy to see that, you know, we're actually priced below a lot of the makeup brands that today's modern woman is using. So for example, you know, we love going to the department store, right? And going to Nordstrom and picking up our NARS lipstick for $34. Our organic avocado-based lipstick, um, all natural ingredients is 30 bucks. Um, you know, you have an Estee Lauder foundation for $39.50. Our BB cream, um, which is coconut oil-based and made in London, which has much higher regulations due to the European Union, is $22. So I'm I'm really conscious about making sure that our breath of assortment has an offering for everyone. Yes, we have like a $65 face oil that's literally amazing and will make your skin glow when you wake up. Um, but there are ways to kind of curate that makeup bag so that you don't feel like you're breaking the bank. Right. So so long as you if if you're the type of person that already is caring about brand and stuff like that, you're probably not going to see any hit. And if anything, we'll maybe see a decrease in price. When you switch over to the natural beauty products, it's maybe the people that are just shopping for their beauty products at like the drugstore or like the dollar store that are going to see a change. Totally. You buy your Dove deodorant for $7.99. Our deodorant is $14. So, you know, here's where folds in the brand story of Good Life, the value proposition. You know, millennials are spending, I think, like two to three times more on you know, self-care and wellness in general. So our our population is starting to ask the right questions and starting to place the value in what she's purchasing. So let's talk a little bit about uh, deodorant because A, that affects everyone, including the men listening to this. It, it, if they're still listening, hopefully all the men out there are still listening. Uh, this applies to you guys too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's talk about deodorant because everyone's got to wear it it's really important because it's right next to your lymph nodes. Your uh, underarms are like little vacuums for just like sucking stuff in. So um, what what sorts of things should we be looking out for with deodorant? What sorts of deodorants do yeah. you sell? Um, and then is there any way to get an antiperspirant that is not going to mess you up? Or is it like it, we can't really do antiperspirants anymore. We just have to do deodorant. Yeah, deodorant is a tough one and it is one of the one of the nastiest ingredients on the market out there. Um aluminum. So aluminum in most antiperspirants and deodorants on the drugstore shelves, it essentially acts like a plug within the sweat ducts. So their their compounds like we were talking about are known to mimic estrogen in the body and and known to promote, you know, breast cancer and cell in uh, breast cancerous cells and things like that and this is absolutely ap- applicable for for men as well. So it's something that I think when we're talking about, you know, I always get asked like, what are the like three most important things to swap out if I was going to go natural deodorant is 100% one of those. The amazing part is, is that plants can, plants work. (laughs) Plants can create uh, compounds that are antibacterial, um, antiviral, anti-odor. So I was really specific about which deodorant I was going to introduce into the shop because this is important. I don't want my, you know, my customers buying deodorant being like, um, I had to go home midday at work because I read, <laughs> right, you know, right. so this was, this was an important one. So I did a, I did a really, really deep test. I did a deep focus group and I had, I had, I think I had like 20 people test this deodorant for me anywhere from my mother-in-law who's, you know, in her late sick or her mid sixties. I had, you know, my friends at boot camp that I go to with, I had them all test this deodorant and, uh, everyone loved this deodorant and they said, oh my gosh, it works. So the ingredients in the, the deodorant that we carry, uh, coconut oil, shea butter, arrowroot powder, which is going to create the consistency. Um, and then orange essential oils and tea tree oils are really going to be the deodorizers, the antibacterial agents that really counteract the, the odor from occurring. So I'm a huge, huge fan of, of this particular deodorant. And there's some good ones on the market. It's really fun to watch new brands pop up and, and people say they work, which is exciting, right? Yeah, that really is good. I, I, I would have to imagine. So a, a while back, I switched to, like, I mean, like many, many years ago, I switched to like a more natural deodorant and, you know, without antiperspirant or anything. And I noticed that I just like don't 
sweat very much anymore mm-hmm. like I, I feel like your body probably almost adjusts to a certain like it's it's almost like because you're wearing antiperspirant it then wants to yes. sweat a lot when you're not wearing it because it's like oh finally i can like l- release some of the sweat and if you're just not wearing an antiperspirant ever it's like oh, okay we don't need to sweat that often we're all good it's exact yeah like we said it acts like a plug so a lot of these products in general whether it be you know moisturizing body cream these chemicals are shifting the natural pH balance and the natural chemicals in our body. So exactly what you said, it's actually halting the natural occurrence and it's overcompensating, creating maybe more odor or more oil or more dryness, right? So letting our bodies breathe is is essential. What are the worst things that we need to avoid? Um, and then are there any things that are not that bad, like that are artificial? Yeah. So let's start first from a product perspective. So I have um, this blog post that uh, continues to drive traffic. It's essentially like you know a, a short guide on how to swap out for for natural products. And you know it can be overwhelming to say like, oh my gosh, I listened to this podcast and I have to go in my bathroom and clean everything out, and I spent all this money and time, and I'm it's in the trash can. Like that can be that can't feel good right? We don't love wasting money or time. Two most important things in our lives, right? So to go slow and to focus on the things that are going to make the biggest difference. So first, I'll just mention a few products and then I can drill down to a few ingredients. But from a product perspective, think about what's in rotation at at its highest rate. So it could be a chapstick that you use literally 20 times a day because it's in your pocket with your wallet and keys, whatever. Um, maybe it's a lipstick, maybe it is, um, a hand cream, So something that is in high rotation that you're consistently putting on is going to be the first thing that you want to swap out, obviously, because it's going to make the biggest difference. Another thing to think about is anything that you're ingesting. So again, bringing up the example of lipstick or chapstick, you're eating, you know, you're, you're eating your lipstick. Every time you buy your chapstick, you know, know that this is also, you know, a food for your body because we're organically, you know, uh, absorbing it into our body. Drink your coffee. You see, you know, your, your lip stain on there. That's it. So So I think anything that you know that you're going to be ingesting is another key thing to think about when, um, you know, you're thinking of the most important things to swap out. Um, I do also, in addition to the pod or the the podcast, the blog post, I have a swap out guide. It's, I think, like a 15 page free download on my website where I take you through the different areas of the bathroom. So I'll take you through the shower, um, your medicine cabinet, your skincare shelf and such. And I'll call out the most important ingredient ingredients to avoid. And then the ingredients that are really great to indulge in and can be substitutes for, you know, the same outcome and the same products. So this is a great, great guide to kind of print out and take into your bathroom and say, okay, I'm just going to, you know, look at the most, you know, harmful ingredients. I'm going to focus on those and maybe I'll toss a couple of things and replace them. Or maybe these are the things that when they run out, I'll, instead of buying the same thing, I'll go to the store and replace with natural, which is another really great way to move slowly through it. So that guide is a really good way from all of these ingredients that if I tried to pronounce on this podcast, I would probably be laughed at, (laughs) which it just looks like this, you know, foreign novel on the back of all of our soaps and conditioners. Um, So, you know, phenolexanol, um, fragrance, anytime you see the word fragrance or perfume, typically is just a word to kind of mask another chemical that they don't have any regulation in printing on the label. Mm. Um, sodium lauryl sulfates are, are, are really dangerous. Um, so all these big words, right? They're, not only is there the swap out guide um, on my website as a free download, but the places that I go to really vet ingredients, and it's such an awesome tool that you guys can all use, um, is an app called Think Dirty. So think dirty, two words, and um, it's a it's an app that you can download on your phone, and they're growing their database day by day in different ingredients that you can type in. I think they even have like a technology to scan barcodes, and that's slowly but surely up and running, where you can go and learn about the toxicity level of those ingredients. So even mm. for me, you know, I'm always introducing new ingredients that I'm not sure of, and I want to make sure I'm vetting ingredients for my audience really well. So I will use that you know, in my right hand at all times to, um, vet the toxicity that plus skin deeps database. And we can, I can leave you the links. Um, if you have any show notes, but yeah, I'll put skin, all the links up. Yeah. Skin deeps, uh, 
skin deep database is put on by the environmental working group and their database is probably a little bit more vast in terms of ingredients. They don't have an app. Um, I don't believe they might actually now, but, um, another really great hub to vet the ingredients that you're currently putting on your body. So there's a lot of great resources out there to learn. What if we are, if we are just on the go, is there any, like we really do just have to like stop and and pull up a website or pull up an app. Like there's no, um, like quick and dirty way to get like, I, I guess here's, here's my question is just because we don't understand a word or it's fake sounding or whatever, sure. does that mean for sure that it's bad? Or are there some crazy sounding words that are no problem at all? It's all great good. question. No, it doesn't always mean that it's bad. That's a really, really great question. It's complicated. And that's why there's really no regulation because there's just like people aren't standing in the aisles and turning it over and like pulling out their encyclopedia of, of ingredients. So no, it doesn't always mean it's bad. Um, you know, I think a quick and dirty rule of thumb could be less ingredients, um, rather than kind of like the, you know, whole, like, you know, five inch long list of ingredients is a really great way. Um, look at the first two ingredients. Those are going to be the ingredients that are probably highest contribution to the total formula. So if you, um, you know, are starting to kind of, you know, teach yourself about some of the big words to avoid, ingredients to avoid, maybe looking out for a few of those, but it goes back to our conversation earlier, Blake, because it's literally like do the best that you can. And if it's focusing on your chapstick and your face wash, because those are the things that you're using most, like that is better than nothing. And so just like diet, like we talked about, rather than stressing yourself out, really focusing on a few things, simplifying and slowly, if you're enjoying them, you know, moving forward in, you know, slowly replacing things that run out and being easy on yourself because in this environment, in today's society, we can, we can just do the best that we can. Totally. Totally. When you, I mean, there's a bazillion products available to you. How do you decide what to put on your website and like what makes the cut? Oh my gosh, the fun part. Yeah, no, it's, it's one, it's one of the most fun parts about my job. I have had so much fun getting to know the different skincare and beauty makers because these women and men are just as passionate about seeing this movement move forward. So, and they all have stories too, right? It's like, oh, they went on a health journey of their own, or they used to be working in the cosmetics industry and realized what they were putting on, you know, their client's skin every day. So there's always this deep rooted message and value around their story and, you know, starting to teach themselves how to make these products in their kitchen and seeing their business grow. It's so wildly exciting. And creating those relationships is something that I have so much value in. And I think, you know, Instagram is such an incredible tool to learn about these new brands. So I will get in my Instagram deep, dark hole and find these amazing brands, you know, made in wherever, you know, either internationally or domestically and message them and ask them about their products. People are always willing to share, send samples, which is also the fun part. Um, but, but, you know, gain exposure for, for the brands and the formulas that they're making. And so I'll usually test products before I, um, obviously before I, before I introduce them to my audience. So it's a matter of using those databases that I had mentioned before it's testing them. It's asking, you know, my intern to test them or my best friend to test them. Um, and really getting a sense of what their, what their mission and vision is for their company. I think working with makers and creators of brands that, are really methodical about the sourcing, the process, uh, the, you know, overall energy that goes into their formulas is something that I really, really value. Yeah. It must be so cool to get to know some of these people. Yeah, it really is. And then I mentioned packaging. I think we should all, you know, want to leave out our body butter on our cabinet, you know, on our countertop when our, when company comes over, I think that's fun. I think we should have fun and indulge in, you know, sexy packaging and fun, modern aesthetic. And, you know, it shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to go to the natural grocery store and pick up my raw meat and then pick up this like, you know, granola looking packaging. And that's my beauty routine, right? I just think we have so much opportunity in this industry to make it sassy and fun and and fresh feeling and modern. So I think that that's something else that I really um, value in brand creators is, you know, making a modern product that works. Efficacy and efficient uh, effectiveness is obviously, you know, first and foremost as well. So totally. I love it. Um, 
All right, Leah, let's go ahead and finish this thing up. Other than going to your website and, and looking around and reading your blog posts and checking out the shop, what advice would you give people who are looking to like just kind of dip their toe in the pool and get started with, uh, with clean beauty products? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely say use the resources on our website. So the blog post that has kind of the five simple steps to swapping out for natural products. And then our swap out guide, which is a free download that I can leave in, in the links as well. I also provide 30 minute free consultations. I think this stems from obviously my, my one-on-one health, health coaching experience, but also when I was sick, I just wanted somebody to understand what I was going through to let me know it's going to be okay. And to give me recommendations that fit within my personal need versus reading it in a book or on a site. So that personal connection to me is so important. So I actually have, I I do provide free 30 minute clean product consultations for people that are a little bit lost or overwhelmed or looking to swap out particular products or ingredients. And, um, and I love it. It's so much fun for me. Um, in addition to that exciting news, and this is actually kind of breaking news. I'm, I'm actually kind of breaking news on your podcast right oh, now. I love it. Yeah. Um, but we are in the process of opening a brick and mortar store here in San Diego, which is great for the San Diegans that are, that might be listening. Um, God, but that's hey, awesome. Arizona's Congratulations. Not too far away. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to be starting a, um, Kickstarter, a crowd, crowdfunding project because it's just so needed in the community. And my goal is to really create a community hub for women and men to come in and, ask questions about their skin and be able to find a hub for all things good, natural products that um, have been, you know, filtered and and edited. So that's very early stages in the works, but um, that's going to be going on. So anyone that wants to support or ask questions about that uh, endeavor, any San Diegans locally, I'd be so excited to to chat with whoever's interested. Cool. I dig it. And uh, we're obviously going to put links to like everything we've talked about in your website up on the half hour intern site. But if you could just give everyone your web address real quick. That would be great. Yeah. So we're at www.good-life.co. That's our website. And you can access both you know, all of our blog posts and our shop on that one site. And then we're really... Um, our wellness party is on Instagram. We're always on Instagram sharing tips and tricks. So our Instagram handle is at good-life.co. Cool. Dig it. Awesome. Leah, this has been so informative and awesome. And it definitely makes me want to upgrade some of my stuff. I'm sure a lot of other people as well. Um, Thank you so much for all the info. We really appreciate it. This was so fun. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks, Blake. Hey, everyone. It's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, Just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show, be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview, a particular field that you would like to hear about, or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.